0: Welcome to the Goat Work. Two men, two weeks, and 200 kilometers across Corsica. Join me, Anthony David Adams, and me, Bowen Dwelly, lifelong friends and adventure partners, as we set off on Europe's most difficult and most interesting long-distance trekking route, the legendary GR-20, with the goal of answering one burning question. Do we possess the Perfect fitness
1: that the GR20 is
0: considered to require. Each episode covers one day of our journey through the incomparable mountain landscape of Corsica, With technical details, insights from the trail, surprise guests, emotional oversharing, and bread, more bread,
1: and nothing but bread for breakfast pretty much every day.
0: We did the clown work. We've done the bus work. And now we're inviting you along. For the goat work.
1: We have one and the rest. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we got our <laughs> sleeping bags
0: on, like as garments. Living in the sleeping bags. Wearing, wearing and them. I'm so cold and tired, I don't <laughs> even remember what we did today <laughs> to talk about. It's it is day seven though. Day seven.
2: Stage seven.
0: Uh, Stage seven. Episode seven (laughs) of the Goat Work podcast, season one. In Corsica. We're in Corsica. Well, this season. This season we're in Corsica. This season is the Corsica Uh, cross-country crotch (laughs) kitchen. And we did promise you that episode seven we would get deeper into the crotch kitchen. And today we actually... Well... We got pretty close. We got close. We did a... We'll get there. We'll Let's get talk there. about the technicalities of the day. Oh, the technicalities.
1: <laughs> Let's get the data.
0: Yeah.
1: We'll Ooh. get the data in honor of our young friend. And we
0: did get an update from data that we'll get to later, so yeah. stay tuned for that. So
1: today we went from Manganu to Petropiana. It is the official stage 7, uh, described as 10 kilometers, horizontal distance. The thing is, it sounds like a very short distance, six miles, <clears throat> um, but you have to take into account the ascent and descent, and the fact that it's a thousand meters up and three, three—that's a kilometer, <laughs> a vertical yeah. kilometer up, and three quarters of a vertical kilometer down. And almost all of today was on this very, very steep and rocky Corsican terrain it's steep and rocky i yeah. mean it's let's rock i mean
0: it is a tough one on the feet <clears throat> and
1: so it's yeah mm, it's, it's very slow trail work it's heavy duty is what yeah. it is it, it's all terrain it requires all all the gears you got very beautiful Incredible Perhaps, I mean, one of the most... Definitely one of the most... One of the most
0: beautiful days.
1: We, and we could look back and see... In German, it was the most beautiful day.
0: Apparently. I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> 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 well, like a U2 song.
1: <clears throat> That's what I heard. Yeah, it is beautiful day. It was... I mean, the weather was spectacular. Sunny. Um, and then... As we came over the the, the the first pass, the Boca del Paso or something like that, which right. was incredibly dramatic, super steep uphill. And then we came through this little notch in a rocky ridge. It was all like towers of granite. And as we came through there, as I kind of feared, I saw rain on the horizon and um, the wind kind of pushing in from the west. Um and it looked like the rain was coming towards us. It, it wasn't like torrential rain, but had dark right. clouds and it was raining. And um, <clears throat> But we chose to, we like we got over the crest, we went down just a little bit, and we ended up stopping there for like a brunch.
0: And there was some snow. <clears throat> there was, I think me. it was the second
1: day that we had to cross snow.
0: Yeah, just tiny little
1: snow fields. A couple snow fields. By the time we had lunch... Um, the rain had passed up ahead of us and so the rest of the day it was sunny clear little fluffy clouds here and there and uh, you know warm I don't know what I mean warmish for the mountains and breezy yeah but um, you know perfect like perfect hiking weather perfect beautiful views in both directions you Mm, can see some cows a lot of cows today cows some Mm -hmm. high altitude cows You can see the Monte Chintu Massif back to the north. And then Monte Rotunda came into view and the whole extent of the kind of southern mountains here. Um, We've now passed through the highest mountains. Thank God. And there's (laughs) just to the south of us here is Monte Doro. Um, And then south of there it gets lower. Um, Yeah. So um, I don't know. I think that's it for the tech. We left it like we were up pretty yeah, early. Home. We left by seven thirty or so, I think.
0: Yeah, because we missed the helicopter delivery.
1: Right. We left at seven thirty.
0: Yep. And we took it real slow
1: and easy because we, we knew all we just we were only planning to get to Pedro Piana here, and um,
0: we got here around like two o'clock, three. But we spent like an hour screwing around about you know right before we got here, right before the final descent here, because there was a Wi-Fi. Or a, Self-spot. this a
1: co-working space up there up yeah. top so yeah basically the whole everybody stopped at everybody the co-working to check the
0: email. yeah <clears throat> yeah
1: so a great day fantastic day we're like exhausted though
0: <laughs> mm, definitely exhausted it was it was a day where i was looking forward to today i i wasn't worried about the energy yesterday going to bed i wasn't worried about the energy for today that was a like, kind of a shift for me Where I usually at the end of the day i've been feeling like how am I going to do this tomorrow? <clears throat> and that wasn't the case today. Yeah. The body still feels pretty beat up, but I'm like, yeah, okay. Tomorrow's going to be a little bit trickier because we're going to do two stages. It'll be longer. It'll yeah. It'll be a longer it's, day.
1: It's longer. <clears throat> it's, um, uh, yeah, double stage to, to get to Visavona. Yeah. And, but it's, it starts to go downhill well, it does a fair bit of it. There's there's a big uphill. We can see it actually. Huh. We got to climb that ridge in front of us. Oh, we do. The big, okay. the big snowy ridge out there. Oh shit! <laughs>
0: we're climbing that tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> got to go over so it. So we're we, we're gonna take this little trail up across the,
1: the yeah, spine well, then,
0: there, across the top or something, and right. then, we'll and there,
1: then after some more walking. Well, there's like
0: three mountain tops there. We got to cross all those. <laughs> That's the double stage. Day. I think so, yeah. Fuck's <laughs> sake. Yep. I think so.
1: <clears throat> or maybe we don't climb the last one. I'm I'm not quite sure, but
0: <laughs> whatever.
1: Yeah, <Double> exactly. S- <laughs> I mean, if you when we stopped for
0: the like second lunch today, we had two lunches. Let's talk about the first lunch cuz I think that <laughs> really kind of is revelatory in a way. Well,
1: just um, show sure that we finally got into how the whole feeding system here how it works. It's basically an all pasta system.
0: Pasta and bre- and like dried breads. Well,
1: it's an all um, it's an all pot pa- it's an all bread all. It's pasta. a lot of pasta,
0: and we we both kind of got paranoid for some reason about not having enough food today or something.
1: Yeah, because there was because the supplies at the last the supplies were weren't just, so great. Yeah. The pig
0: you know stole the food bag a couple days ago. <laughs> So, we, we overcorrected in a way and had like extra weight, a lot of extra food. And we experimented with filling up this metal space thermos. canister thermos from the, my spin launch voyage last week. And so, yeah, we cooked, we cooked pasta, put it in the thermos, put it in the thermos with a little bit of sauce, transported it to the top of the mountain, and then ate it, ate it on an ultimate frisbee for a plate.
1: Yeah. It worked. It, it worked well.
0: We're great. It's cleaned out. Like we, we, first, we thought maybe it would become congealed inside and, and it become would just an artifact, be like a
1: space capsule, a time capsule. Yeah. I guess time <laughs> and space are unified.
0: By it turns now. out, like you know, people yeah. have been putting pasta in containers for decades, <laughs> and it's been fine for humanity. So it wasn't well, really. But that. this is
1: like putting pasta in a bottle.
0: <laughs> it's like, how do you how that ship get in the bottle? You know, <laughs> well, it's very long and. Soft and stringy, <laughs> just dump it out I did but it I, was nice. I it felt that
1: was... it was appropriate to dedicate the pasta and the bottle to my friend Cedar Wright, um, just because he's he's like professional dirt bag climber and a great guy and I, I just I just his image you Cedar know, Wright, is,
0: is he on Instagram? Well, I mean who's come on I don't know. we'll put him in the show notes if he is.
1: Oh yeah, it'll all be in the show check notes. Check the
0: show notes as always. Yeah, but
1: he's, he's definitely on Instagram.
0: Yeah, check the show uh, notes for Cedar Wright.
1: Because I just, I can just, I know he'd appreciate the, the pasta in a bottle. If he hasn't <laughs> already done, if anyone had like previously innovated that,
0: yeah, yeah. Be, so if any of you guys Cedar. are curious about, like, if you're listening and you're curious how to do it, what you do <laughs> is you make pasta, drain then- it. And strain it. And then you Shove it in a put bottle. it in a bottle. <laughs> like a thermos. A thermos. And then
1: pour your sauce in pour there. Pour the sauce in there. Shake it around. Yep. Seal it up. Mm-hmm. And then carry it and for carry like it, 10 have miles. It, have it for lunch. <laughs> I like can eat it later.
0: That's right. That's about as close as we got to experimenting with the crotch kitchen. Yeah. Which, I, did we explain the crotch kitchen?
1: Well, well I, <clears throat> I learned about that in reading about like light, <laughs> lightweight backpacking techniques. Right. People, you know, do the PCT and this sort of thing. What's they, the PCT, Bowen? The Pacific Crest Trail, for right. example. You know, and some of these people get really obsessed with super, super lightweight everything. You know, they cut, right. they cut the handle off the toothbrush. Right. Cut off, off an extra
0: toe or something. They Like no Amputate toilet paper. Or, you know,
1: <laughs> I, I, they just... Yeah, yeah. I you want to have a light backpack, which I appreciate because mine was way too heavy today. Yeah. Um... I'm probably carrying 25 pounds, you know, at least. Maybe more. Right. More. With water and food, I'm probably carrying 30 pounds, which is like a full backpacking load, and that's, that's too much. But um, I heard about people doing this. You know, they're like stoves, you know. Even the stove is too much. Even the lightest, lightweight stove you could possibly imagine right. or fashion from an old aluminum, like, Dr. Pepper can, mm-hmm. and a little bit of Everclear or whatever it is. No, it's too heavy. How do you cook your food? Well, you take your dehydrated whatever it is and some water mm-hmm. and a zip, put it in a Ziploc bag mm-hmm. and then put it in another Ziploc bag probably just to be safe. I don't know.
0: might be too, weight, too much weight though, two Ziploc bags.
1: Yeah, I know. You're probably just one. You're just <laughs> going to risk it. Yeah, exactly. And then... To cook it, you put it down your pants while you walk, like while, right. for the day. So you just put it in there, you just let, it, just mix and just get just jammed up in your
0: <laughs> joint, like just all day long. You get like ninety eight point six degrees. Yeah, body heat, body heat, and whatever Lukewarm, else. Loose <laughs> warm, sweaty. It's like salty ball sauce. season like. <laughs> whatever lentils that you got then, in there. But yeah. the end
1: of the day, it's like it's not hot at all
0: certainly not hot
1: it's but it's been like mashed around <clears throat> and it's kind of it's been rehydrated <laughs> and i i mean I, you know people do these things yeah they go to extremes right me it's like i'll just carry the little stove
0: yeah thanks but uh well that's the crotch kitchen we told you we get into it in episode seven so, so. we're
1: gonna get into it we're gonna get out of it like we're, we're done now with yeah. the crotch kitchen that's it yeah that was it it's so. just it's if we're here for the goat work that's really what it's all about we're not doing the crotch kitchen at all we're we've been like purchasing eating a lot of food designer meals here at the refuges
0: i burned through all my avocados um it's been a long time since i've had anything fresh really in terms of well like i said like apples and oranges but yeah a lot of pasta they try to kill us with pasta it is an endurance sport just to get through the pasta every (laughs) every day
1: Tonight dinner at the refuge was lentils with carrots. Yeah, but if you're
0: vegetarian, <laughs> you got like pasta. me, you have pasta.
1: <laughs> because there was a lot of pancetta, a lot of ham, in the lentils. Mm-hmm. It was a blessing not to have pasta. It was great. Right. So that's the uh, that's that's the food situation. We had pasta for lunch out of the thermos, and uh, a lot of other like.
0: You know, delicious little items. <laughs> some cool birds came and came and flew around. I watched them do some neat tricks in the air.
1: Yeah. Um, now we're just we're at the we're just sitting at this refuge. This place has the best view yet. It's it's a really nice one. Whew! It's just perched up on this high bench above yeah. many valleys and mountains and there's clouds out the coast. The sun is at a low angle over everything it's lighting up the slopes of monte Mm d'oro that's gold mountain by the way and uh it's a it's a pretty idyllic situation and um
0: beautiful clouds coming out here in the
1: yeah yeah and we yeah we just lovely dinner this whole situation at the refuge is i would say tonight is like the most social too and aware the most i just felt this collective vibe that I have felt on some other trekking trips, where mm. you, you know, at the refuge, it's really a very nice vibe, where you've kind of seen people along the trail, right. you know, over the course of several days, and you have a little, you know, t- trail friendship with them, and then you know, there's chat over dinner. Everyone sits together and has dinner. It's a, it's very very civilized, and also very primitive, very rustic. Wow. It's very mountain, it's mountain life. I love
0: it. We're in the home stretch now. Well, we're in the home stretch of the first half. (laughs) Yeah, well, but, but temporarily, 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 we're on, we've completed day seven, and so we have six (sighs) more days. Ooh,
1: yeah, well, yeah, if we, if we stick to the 13-day schedule. Yeah. And, you know, let's just say that we will,
0: um... That's true. Good point. So we're over the. That's true. It's the Wednesday of the hike. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, I
1: hear you. Um, and then yeah, tomorrow, well, we'll be over the.
0: <laughs>
1: we will have completed the distance midpoint. Oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Um, although I don't know, in, technically in numbers terms, but traditionally Visavona is considered the middle point. Um, is there an elevation midpoint? How do, you, there, how do you calculate that out? The, 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 I don't the know. midpoint of the mean elevation. Unclear. I mean, maybe.
0: Um, sure.
1: sure. Trying to create some extra technicalities there. Well,
0: just something. I mean, like
1: baseball we've statistics. Got to, we got
0: to fill. Space. The third
1: guy ever to to get struck out while someone else was trying to slide into second base and right. wearing a white jersey on a Tuesday
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> in Cincinnati. Well, I guess you could calculate how how much you go up. Yeah,
1: the the elevation change. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, there's still a lot of elevation change in the latter half of the route. It's just that it's not as steep and it's not as rocky.
0: More of those, like kind of those mountain paths we've been on. Trails. Those trails. More like walking. People
1: have heard of trails. Listeners, dear listeners. You've probably heard of trails, what's the difference between a trail and a path? I think a path is like even more sedate than a trail path mm-hmm. is like a like a broad a broad a trail path. oh you know, and then like even
0: more is is one you have like a, like a l- superset of the other like is trail well a subset of path I think we're gonna lose we're gonna lose people we have. <laughs> <laughs> We've already, if they've made it this far, <laughs> there's not much yeah. we can say that's going to. Well, my,
1: what I was just going to say is like, like of trails, we have encountered few <laughs> so far. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't, if you know what the difference between a path and a trail is, you know, yeah. let us know.
1: Yeah, write us, right in, call in, feel free to call in. postcard
0: up to the mountain. Feel
1: free to call in yeah. on our 800 number, but uh
0: sleeping bags are kind of nice now i feel kind of toasty i haven't been we're
1: gonna we're gonna get some trails later and you know like like yesterday we had some trail work and that was nice yeah just cruising along the trail whereas today was a lot more hands and feet on the rocks Was a lot class two
0: a lot of class two we both had some slippage yeah a little bit you fall pretty elegantly though i mean you had some pretty big wipeouts
1: I had a bad one
0: today on the
1: snow. I, I, I had just completed this sentence, like, I hope I can cross this patch of snow without falling. In your head? In.
0: You no, it was me?
1: allowed. Oh. And then my foot went through the snow.
0: On the word in. It was just like.
1: Yeah, patooge. And it was had the potential to be a real ankle breaker. Mm. But I I pulled it out.
0: And uh, no worries. Oh. No, no I, had, I, I had one, like, immediately after you. <clears throat> Yeah, no. you you fell pretty, yesterday. Yesterday, you're like naked getting into the river. Oh yeah, you I slipped. your feet like flip underneath Swing. you, and your your butt just smacked down on this like big boulder. Well, it was a smooth. Oh, you
1: know, deal. It hurt no. my
0: my, no, my hurt. tailbone hurt. <clears throat>
1: no, I didn't hit hit the tailbone. No problem. Yeah, I was swimming. I took a I took a little slip there. No worries. <laughs> uh but it's, it's a, it's, you know, actually that brings me to something that's been on my mind today, which is, uh, <clears throat> this topic of movement, movement in the mountains or movement in general. But on a trip like this, when you're constantly moving all day, it's really like kind of all there is to do is move.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've i become, you know, very aware of how I'm moving and we've talked about wayfinding before. This is another major component of of being in the mountains. It's mm. just how you're moving. And one part of it is, you know, how well are you moving? Mm-hmm. Are you moving smoothly? Are you moving, you know, confidently? Are you um, moving swiftly, let's say, you know? Or are you kind of herky-jerky, off-balance, Falling, slipping, um, and and it's something to notice, you know, and pay attention to. And and I know I know that when I'm feeling good and you know well fed and rested and that sort of thing, when I'm not tired, I'm I'm like I'm moving elegantly, I'm moving efficiently. I'm kind of it's like gliding, you know, mm. down the trail or even when climbing, you know, climbing is all, is very elegant when, when done well. And, um, and when, so if I start to slip or get off balance in a little way or whatever, I, you know, I really notice it and it's a sign. I'm like, I know that I'm tired or I need to eat something or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then there also... Techniques, right, specific ways of moving that you learn, I would say, in the mountains, you know, just like if you're learning, you know, other movement things like dancing or skateboarding or whatever. Um, climbing, you know, there's all kinds of specific techniques with climbing, but there are even specific techniques that you come to learn walking in the mountains, mm. you know, and walking mm. on steep terrain, you you learn to to follow, you know, like natural ramps and kind of openings, seams in, in the rock. You learn to zigzag, um, doing that partly, but also to, you know, not necessarily always go straight up the the slope. Um, and also, if you're going downhill. Descending straight ahead and, like, lowering yourself on your knee that way is much, much more strenuous Mm. than turning yourself, side like, 45 degrees sideways and stepping down that way. It's it's much, much less strain on your knee. Um, There's so many, like, Mm. specific little techniques like that. Sometimes it is more efficient to step off the trail, or a lot of the time, onto the bare rock, especially when ascending when going up and just walk straight up the bare rock Mm. um, using kind of a friction climbing technique. And it's much smoother than, you know, the the trail, which is all eroded and and rocky and all this sort of thing. I don't know. Did you notice any yourself learning, like any specific movements? I was curious about that. Well, I think,
0: I think that one of the things that Dirk, when I was, I'm, when I asked Dirk what he was focusing on. Right. Because I was watching him move pretty quickly. And he said just that in his own mind, like his maybe was like a yes, basically. Like trusting your intuition. So if you're looking at a rock and maybe I could stand here. The answer is probably yes, you can stand there just to yeah, kind of go with that. And I, I implemented that after I heard him talk. And I think I really sped up in terms of the yeah capacity to just like move through stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking so much. And it's like. They're stopping, like... These rocks are here. They're pretty solid. I've, like, thousands of people have walked on them. Like, you, you know, you can just kind of see the path. Your brain knows, like, where to put your focus and attention, then just kind of putting my eyes on the rocks or want my feet to go and just kind of moving, you know, follow, tracing the path with, my, with, path with my sight. That's been a big, I think, a big piece. And then the other thing is also just... At least here, I mean, the path is there. And when I'm climbing just focusing on the thing that is the path and not getting so worried about all the other options that aren't gonna work. Because sometimes I get overwhelmed with that. I'm like all this stuff, I'm gonna fall, all these things are, you know, crazy. But if I stay just focused on the, the, the little pieces that I know are there and know we're gonna get me to the next thing and don't and just kind of tune out the other things, then it's just easier. It's yeah. easier just to focus on those, those things. So I think that my focus is really refining from being here. hmm Um, well, and
1: I've seen, yeah, I've seen you, you know, certainly move, start to move, yeah, move more confidently, faster, and like climbing, well, there's another, you know, climbing, a move that comes from climbing, is like when you're trying to descend something steep, you turn around, <laughs> and you descend backwards, like on the ladder, and it doesn't, it's not what most people do, first of all, they try to descend on their butt. Yeah. Um, but it's so much safer and more efficient to just turn around. Turn around and climb down the ladder. Yeah. And when you get used to doing that, you, you it becomes very elegant. You just like you're walking down the trail, you do a one eighty, you take a couple steps backwards, you do the one eighty and it's all a fluid motion hmm. and you just continue and you just keep moving. And um I saw you start to do that, you know, as there was some down climbing there after the uh, the Boca. Um
0: so that was really cool to see uh, so you see so you learn to to move I feel I feel assimilated or whatever you know acclimated to the mm-hmm. to the mountain stuff mm-hmm. you know I think that had a really huge learning curve the first few days and now I feel comfortable it's still challenging but it's more just endurance challenging and yeah. some endurance tired you know tiredness or just my feet are a bit sore but it's not the psychological challenge that it was for the first few days of just like what is this craziness and like just the overwhelmingness of what I was experiencing yeah so that's changed a lot
1: yeah I I see that I see that
0: Um,
1: Um, well and speaking of endurance I mean I was came up at dinner um, this kind of long extended trip where you're Moving and covering a lot of distance every day. Yeah. Um, it's an endurance sport. And, you know, basically we get up, have breakfast, get on the trail by 7 or 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. And you're moving most of the day. And then you get somewhere, you eat and sleep. And, you, mm-hmm. you know, don't have a lot of energy to do a lot of other things. Um, a little bit of thinking along the way, yeah. but then, you
0: know, not that much. And, um, I mean, we're making a big sacrifice to do the podcast for the listeners (laughs) because we could be sleeping. Um, Well, some some of them might be sleeping. No, it's a nice, it's a nice
1: kind of aperitif, you know, it's a good debrief, it's a good time to, to digest and integrate.
0: But um, that's right. Yeah. You get in two or three, four, six, depending on the day and you maybe do some laundry, try to wash some stuff, take a shower and then it's, yeah, you eat and then you go to sleep
1: yeah so this you know the nature's the nature of an of of a long journey and of of physical endurance day after day that it's <clears throat> pretty rare experience for me i mean i the only other time I can really think of doing this kind of endurance is um on these long kite surfing trips that mm. I've done you know like day after day after day after day down the coast of Brazil for example where it's similar. It's, you know, yeah. morning, dawn, you get up, breakfast, get going, you're on the water all day, and there's just no energy left for
0: anything else. Yes. To, to eat and sleep at the end of the day. I did one other trip like this. I didn't, I, when you asked me before, I didn't think of it, and then I remembered. When I was, I think, a, like, like 18, 17, or 18 years old, there was this guy, Gary McHenry, think he was like a psychiatrist and or school psychologist psychologist psychiatrist kind of character crazy older dude who lived out you know and by lake and he would organize these trips and so i did two weeks in algonquin provincial park in canada and that was like canoeing and then portaging like hiking between lakes and then canoeing all day and it was this kind of thing where you just get up super early pack your bags filter water you know like canoe with the big canoe full of stuff for whatever, you know. Yeah. Hours. And then you'd take multiple trips of hiking miles between these lakes, carry your canoe, come back, take your backpack, come back, <laughs> take your food bag, come back, you know. Oh, and oh like, my
1: God, yeah.
0: Um, And then load your canoe up again, then you would just do that again. So it was Right. similar thing, kind of really kicked my ass. I loved it, though. I remember coming back, like, towards the end, and, like, I saw – I remember, like, seeing a car for the first time in, like, two weeks, at 18, and it was, like – very emotional. Like I didn't want. Like, I didn't want to leave the woods. You know, it was yeah. like going back to school or going back to yeah. my. You know, kind of fucked up stepfather. Like whatever. It was like represented a lot. Getting back into society, mm. and I remember that just being so. I still think about that, and I still draw on that experience. One of the things Gary did on that trip is he he made us go off for like a day or two on our own. So we would just take a canoe and like hike like canoe to an island by ourselves and then just, yeah. just stay there. Yeah. And I remember him saying to me, and this is something I still use with my coaching clients. He said, just go sit on the, just go sit someplace and see, like, see what's out beyond boredom. Mm-hmm. He said, just go get out beyond your own boredom. And I remember something, like, I don't know what this means, but I, this is interesting guy. So I went and sat there doing that. And I, it really was quite a peak spiritual experience for me. I mean, I had this like out of body experience floating over myself on this Island. And, um, it was remarkable, but that was really the only other time that I had been, you know, two weeks, which is like this, you know, maybe really 13 days, yeah. but two weeks in the, and that was 18 years old and still one of the most powerful experiences of my entire life.
1: It's, um, yeah, it's pretty, well, it's unusual in one, on one hand, but then, you know, for people who do do endurance sports uh, or other I don't know, I suppose you can do endurance meditation, you know, <laughs> you know as well. Vipassana or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, there's something about <clears throat> just getting into something deeply enough that you're immersed in it for, you know, a week or more. And, I mean, to me, part of the experience is that I don't really have much energy to think about stuff all yeah. that much along the way. Yeah. Um, but I know that over time these experiences really, you know, are part of my foundation and add up to a lot. And that there's a lot that comes out later um, and that, you know, comes into play in all, all sorts of aspects of my life. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, way beyond boredom. Yeah. <laughs> there's no time for boredom, you know, when no. you're just working, the, you're doing the goat work all day.
0: Mm. I notice that there's some low-level anxiety that I have that's gone, that just not overthinking things. I had to send some emails, partially because we didn't have, you know, it's like we have limited time to send things. So I had to kind of compose these things fast, but there there's some pretty big deals that I'm working on. And I think I normally would have overthought them. I would have put things, I was like, but for some combination of just the speed that we're going, the directness and the deliberateness of like all of the steps that we've been taking, it was just very clear. I was like, oh, this is the path. Here's the next step. Do these things, send these emails and didn't think anything of it and gotten, got some really good response from the, the stuff that I sent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see how that, how I, if that stays with me, you know, when I get back to regular, you know, bus life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. Well, it's that
1: time in the show when, you know, we the open the lines for callers or guests. Yeah. And I, we well, have, I think we have a caller actually, <laughs>
2: um,
1: <laughs> We have a caller. Here's, here he comes. Um.
3: Hello everyone, Dave Fragali here, aka Data, here with the Data. If everything is correct, we're one uh, refuge away from Anthony and Bowen. Um, Actually, to be exact, I'm at refuge, the Manganu.
1: So you guys, you'll remember Data, of course, he was with us from the beginning. And then he and Pablo took off from uh, Tijetu, I think it was, two nights ago, to, uh, at a faster pace. And so he's, he's just calling in with an update.
3: After a long day with Pablo, we did 33 kilometers. We had an as- ascent of 740 meters and a descent of 1,840 meters. Uh, we were at this lovely refuge. It's... Uh, very nice location, lots of camping area, and the uh, food was quite cheap and quite good. Well, hopefully Anthony and Bo will reach this refuge uh, tomorrow. And from them, you will hear what the lovely route was all about.
1: Okay, so, okay, Dirk. so that <laughs> you, was Dirk. uh, Dirk's report from
0: <laughs> the... The scouting report. Previ-
1: yeah, the previous day, so to speak. Oh. And, well, he's he's got a report from... Uh, or Day five. Yeah, he's ahead of us now. He's ahead of us, now, ahead of us so in he, the past. Hello, con- everyone.
2: Continuing. Here with the data, of course. Derek mm-hmm. with the data. That's real name, Data. Today, Pablo and I went from uh, Mangano to Londa. And um, yeah, it was a trip of about uh, 20K. Uh, we did the version where we would go over some summits. We would really recommend it. it's shorter it's has better views uh, that's from petra piana to londa um we gotta say all the the three less refuges we crossed, so manganu petra piana and londa they looked really great uh, petra piana had excellent lunch and the food at londa was just amazing nice. um i had some gnocchi uh, and was not that was the not vegetarian option the vegetarian option was some lasagna with cheese uh, i could Pablo gave me half of his in return for half of my gnocchi and it was, yeah, it was all really good. Uh, Besides, uh, we got some chocolate mousse, uh, some good cheese and the soup beforehand was also really nice. So, 10 out of 10, would recommend.
1: 10 out of 10.
2: Well, I hope you enjoyed the last few stages, Bowen and Anthony. I'm really curious about your experience on the trail.
1: Bye. All right, Data. Well, dude, thanks Thank for the you, call. That's that's so cool. And so he's he just gave us a little preview of what's going to be the first half of our walk tomorrow to Onda. And, wow, maybe hmm. we can have lunch there. You know, hmm. we'll see. Um, and, uh, and then I don't know if we'll catch them up. No, because, like... They are walking I don't know if we're tomorrow catch. from Onda. I don't know. Anyway, no, we're not going to catch him up. But
0: um, We're not going to catch Pablo for sure. I mean, no
1: way. He's uncatchable.
0: Yeah. And guy, I don't think we're going to catch him. He's carrying a Derek. day pack. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's possible we'll to Dirk again, but I don't think so. I think he's yeah, going right. He'll he's gonna be, be too far ahead.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well. There we go. That was, yeah. It was uh, update from Data. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we're going to.
0: Go to sleep. I, tie this one down. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm a little bit energized. I was ready to go to sleep. Now that we got excited from the podcast. Oh,
1: I taught Anthony how to play scopa, or well, we played one like a demo open open uh, hand. Yeah, and he
0: was hoping for more strategy. I ha- I actually I have this. I don't know. I just have a disdain for. Games he'll play that involve zero strategy, where it's just like flipping coins. You know, complex coin flipping games. It's good. Like if my father loves these. Games.
1: Five or six years old. Yeah.
0: No. If my if my dad is listening <clears throat> to the podcast, he he'll appreciate. He, he he knows my frustration when we sit down to play family games and there's like. Scopa. It's just zero skill, you know. Yeah. There's, um, there's not. It a lot Drives of me skill crazy.
1: Scopa. It's it's a basic sort of card. Winning game.
0: Well, you have to count a lot of things, which is like I think if you can know to, Again, if you know to if count the score, child,
1: it's it's good to yeah. yeah
0: learning how to count. It's complex. It's a it's complex coin flipping game. Count fast. There's probably some choice in it. I mean, some games just have zero well, choice. Cool, anyway. but you got to
1: focus on the diamonds. That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, the diamonds. I'll but, ask my dad.
0: My dad. My dad probably knows it.
1: But that's the one game I learned it in Italy many many years ago, and I at one point like. 20 years ago, I saved a PDF of the instructions Mm. of how to play Scopa, and I put it on a computer that I had. And at some point, it made its way into my iCloud drive. Mm. And so I have it accessible in my phone. So if any of you out there in listener land have any card, like unusual card games that, you know, with strategy involved... Yes. ...that you can recommend... I'd love to, you know, Send just have over. another one in my back pocket.
0: Yeah. And we'll put, we'll put scope as, you know, I'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the show. Notes.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh,
0: extensive show
1: notes. It'll all be in the show notes. Yeah.
0: Check the show notes for that. All right. We'll see. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow after our first attempt at doing two stages in one day.
1: Yeah. After the double. Um, and Wow. Boy, Be prepared
0: I mean, for something with the. Exactly. With, with this, be prepared for whatever this is going to be tomorrow for this podcast. Because it, it'll be like a gurgle. It'll be like a death. It'll be like a death rattle. <laughs> well, it's going to be. The, the word is
1: delirium. That's usually what happens to me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like. Which
0: tomorrow. is. It's like an altered state. Maybe we should record this one. Yeah. During As the soon same. as we're done or like during the descent or something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe on the descent. Yeah. I hope the listeners are okay with that.
1: Yeah, know. it'll be good. And, um, and just to say, I mean, the evening light here, we're now in the, deep in the golden hour here. Beautiful. Up here. in the high mountains of Corsica, we're looking south. There's a sea of clouds beneath us on the eastern side of the um, divide and peaks above that, and the, the, the sun is lighting up those clouds. And then on the west side, there are no clouds at all. <laughs> how about that? All right,
0: we'll All right. we'll catch you tomorrow <laughs> we'll catch
1: you. for day eight. Stage, stage eight eight and nine. Oh uh, eight and nine. Yeah. It'll be this is we're, it'll be day eight and stage eight and nine. So yeah. don't get, you know
0: Episode
1: eight. Stick tomorrow. with us. Yeah. Talk to you then. All right, thank you.
0: Join us tomorrow as we continue along the GR20. One step closer to becoming the goats
1: that we came here to be.